Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. I go by Cash, aka Exec P. This is episode 196. We're back again. Another blessed week. Another great artist we have here today, man. I want to get right into it, man. It's Breon Bliss from Sacramento. He is a talented, talented R&B artist. His management hit me up, and typically when his management hit me up, man, it's, it's he, he two for two so far, man. And I fell in love with the music immediately. The music is great, but I definitely want y'all to get to know the man behind the music and all the, the things that he's doing to to hone his craft, man. We, get, we got a whole host of stories for him to tell, and hopefully you guys fall in love with the music and the person as well and get some buy-in to the person. So without further ado, welcome to the couch for the first time, Beyond Bliss, man. What's going on? Thank you. Thank you. Man, it's, I cannot complain. I've been living a blessed life. Um, and I appreciate you for having me on the show. You know, I know you take it very, uh, very professionally, very seriously. Um, and I'm just honored to be on the show for real. Uh, man, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Hey, man, how are you, man? Start of the new year. We, we almost in, into the end of the first quarter, man. How are you so far with, with a lot of new changes in your life, man, for people that have been following you? It's, it's certainly been a lot of changes. Um, last year in 2022, um, you know, a lot of people had, uh, were coming off of coming out of the pandemic and whatnot. Um, and at the beginning of that year, I just really wanted to hit hard on the music. Um, so I dedicated that year to just really hitting hard with the music. Um, I had a bit of a hiatus. And so in the middle of that year, you know, we started letting some, some, uh, songs fly. Um, you know, I started going outside a lot more, performing a lot. Um, and that really just all culminated at the end of the year. Um, you know, I got into uh, my dream school, the 1500, um, founded by James Fontelloy and Lawrence Dobson. Uh, just a, really just the X-Men school of music, you know. Um, and, and that's how the start of my year, you know, just kind of catapulted. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a blur the last like five weeks for me. Um, you know, we moved down to L.A. I'm here in L.A. now. Um, and yeah, it's just something crazy and something new every single week. Um, you know, getting out and just really like soaking in like what it means to navigate the music industry, learning as much as possible, expanding my craft, challenging myself, um, and doing things I've just never done before. So, you know, like I said, I'm blessed and I really can't complain because this is, this is what I signed up for, you know? So I'm with it. 
So, so it's from Sacramento, right? Originally, Sacramento, California. Yes, sir. I was born in born in San Jose, California. I actually lived in New York the first ten years of my life as well. So, bit of a nomad. Uh, I, I'll be just all over the place with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My last, uh, I've been in the military about twenty two years. So, Brooklyn, New York, uh, Lower East Side, Manhattan. That's where I call. That's my base. But ever yeah. since then, these last twenty two years, man, you catch me in one place no longer than five years. So, I feel like a nomad as well, a man without a home. But New York is where I call home, man. With that, uh, I spent some time in the uh, Sacramento Bay Area in my early years uh, in the military, man, and I had a blast. Those, those were some of my, my my best years. Met some of my um, best friends who I'm still friends with today. Now, with your recent move and change, I know there's some stark differences between Sacramento and L.A. What has been your biggest adjustment? Biggest adjustment is for sure the pace. Uh, it's a lot quicker in LA, um, and I, I mean that's something I need. I for sure need that quick pace. Um, also, the yeah, well, Sacramento's always felt like home to me. Um, you know, it's where I spent the most time, um, and just to kind of go from like that not slow but just slower pace um, to here, where something like is literally happening every single day. There's there's new events. Um, you know, there's new opportunities. That's just for sure been the biggest change for me. But I'm adjusting pretty well. Like I said, it's, it's, it's definitely something I need um, that quick pace. So that's for sure it. All right, let's let's take it back to the beginning, man. Because a uh, person with your your voice and your a strong voice such as yours, I need to know where that comes from, who that comes from, where the inspiration comes from, man. Like, let us know a little bit about your your background and and musically where you come from, family or any mentors that have kind of put you in this yeah. this position, so to speak. Okay. Um, you know, somebody asked me this yesterday, actually, about the school. I don't really have like a big musical background. I've just always been in love with music. Um, and I guess thinking all the way back to when I was younger, uh, my stepfather, um, we lived in New York. And so uh, my stepfather worked for a company um, called Rockus Records. Um, and, you know, I, I think they ended up getting um, bought out by some bigger uh, record label eventually. Um, but one of my first musical memories was you know, him taking me up, um, to Rockers Records, um, up there. And so I'm, you know, seeing, you know, most deaf, uh, you know, all those legends just on the wall and whatnot. Um, and I wasn't like, I wasn't into music at that point. Um, but I do remember me and my brother, like going to play in the arcade up in the studio while he was doing his thing. Um, and so I think after that day, like I was like, Oh, you know, maybe something, maybe music is something that interests me. So I started writing. Um, and I've always been a writer. That's where I started off. I started writing stories. I started writing like, you know, poetry and stuff like that. But um, it really like kind of translated into music when I found my love for singing. So when I was about six, I'm sorry, this is when I was about six years old. Um, and so after that point, when I was six, uh, that like around that same year, I started writing music and I've always loved singing. I think the first two albums that I ever bought, um, ever selected, I didn't buy because I had money, but my dad bought it for me. Um, was the 112 album, uh, the self-titled 112, and then the White Stripes, uh, the Elephant, and um, those like I just love singing those songs on those on those tapes, and so I would just <laughs> like just picture this, picture this because this this for sure happened. Mm -hmm. I was at like a birthday party for one of my friends or a family event. I don't remember what birthday party I was at, but we I decided I was like, hey, I want to sing a song. Um, so, you know, we got, everybody gathers around and, 
Um, the song oh, I, choose I know to how sing this goes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know. Yep. Yep. I'm singing. I'm singing Peaches and Cream at like seven years old at a birthday party just because I want to sing some, and it's just hella funny looking back because I'm like, bro, why was I singing that song? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, but that's that was all I knew. That was all I knew off, uh, uh, you know, out of heart. Right. Um, so you know, that's kind of where it started, and um, like I didn't, like I said, I didn't have like much uh, family or anything that was into music um, besides that. My mother divorced um, when I was about 10 years old. And so, you know, that influence was just kind of there as a seed. And yeah, I just kept on singing. Um, eventually, I worked my way to some talent shows in middle school. Um, that's when I started rapping. And because uh, I'd always sung, but, you know, I, I didn't have my, my voice as developed um, mm. as I wanted it to. So when I would sing, you know, people would be like, oh, you know, I was cool. And then kind of, walk away from it. And I'm like, nah, I'm trying to be unforgettable. I'm right, trying to be, right, you know, right, I'm trying right. to be that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I can't sing and wow you, I'm a rap and wow you. Um, so me and shout out to my boy, Nick, um, Nick Miles. Uh, in, I met him in middle school and me and him entered the talent show um, for the middle school. And we ended up winning that talent show. And I did sing that talent show too. Mm-hmm. I did two acts. I sung and I rapped. I didn't, I didn't play it for my singing, but I, we won the talent show um, for our rap group. That we had as actually it was me uh nick and jordan mitchell um that was a long time ago after that you know i really started getting serious about like my love for music um i started writing a lot of raps um and then like kind of slowly started integrating like singing hooks um and then when i was 16 um you know i started just performing more often um this is by this time i'm in south sacramento and um you know performing at high school valley high school and um you know, just going off to, you know, like, a there's an event or there's a, there's a, the Mac road community center down there. Mm-hmm. Um, they have this thing called summer night lights. Um, my, one of my first performances was over there. And, you know, ever since then I was like, okay, well, this is definitely something I enjoy doing one. And then two people liked it. Um, so let me just keep on leaning into it because, you know, why not? Like my ego was getting stroked, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so at yeah, that point yeah, I'm yeah, like, nah, yeah. I'm not, you know? Um, and then in 2017, uh, I felt like I had put, literally like 10 years at that point, um, into just practicing my craft. Um, and I was, I was ready to just take a more serious step. So in 2017, um, my homie, uh, helped me, um, book a show with, um, baby bash. So I opened up for baby bash in 2017. And that's when I felt like it was like the start of my like professional, let me take this serious, you know, musical career. Um, you know, I, I started putting out music, um, I put out a, a tape and EP, um, a bunch of singles and whatnot, and I've just been been consistent ever since then. So 2017 is like the start of my professional journey. And um, yeah, it's just been trials and tribulations since then. Um, I've definitely leaned a lot more into the R&B side. People know me for the R&B stuff now. Um, and, but if you do take a, a listen to my catalog, you'll hear, you know, you'll hear the verses. It's sprinkled in throughout. there. Yeah, it's sprinkled in yeah, there. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of where my background is. It's really just experience, trial and error. Um, nobody really showed me the ropes. Um, I wish I grew up in church, you know, because that's a cheat code. But uh, right, you know, right. just had to figure it out. That's right, really right. So dope, dope, man. Uh, man, you didn't even know what you was witnessing with the raucous uh, reference, man. You just being man. Being a I didn't. Kid. I didn't. <laughs> man, man. Yeah, he was like dope. a he was an A and R over there too. I didn't even know. You know, I had no clue. So you know, right. it was definitely something that I felt like it was a. Uh, it pushed me in that direction when I was there because, you know, that's a legendary place for sure. For sure. For sure, man. I I remember all the music, all the artists, man, like that, that was something that was uh, unheard at the time with the, what they were doing from a ground level. So 
that's definitely dope to, to see that you you had that that experience, but it still wasn't you know necessarily the experience. Like you kind of still learn to love and do your own, your own thing, and, not ne- and now it's you know you sprinkle the rapping. Um, when I'm when I'm doing these interviews and stuff like that, I'm preparing. I'm like if for some of you guys that have a lot of music, some don't. You know, but I like to go back to your last few projects. Um, you know, the reason why you're here is the uh, Midnight Fervor, uh, the latest, the latest mm-hmm. project, which is phenomenal. I sent it to quite a few of my Thank my you. friends, uh, trusted R and B heads that that know. Um, yeah. I love I love hip hop, man, and I, I love R and B, man. So, but you'll catch me riding day to day and listening to that because it's just easier to consume. Most of it is softer in nature. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. specifically when you're riding around with your kids, man. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, as we're getting into it, I'm like, all right, let me double back to your project before that. So the declaration of an ambivert, ah, uh, man. So that, that, that was the introduction. So I started there and then I got to midnight fervor and the growth between the two is, is crazy, man. It's crazy, man. So you incorporate a lot more rapping in, into that one, but I still, still like a lot of, uh, the ones on the one you dropped in 2019. And I kind of want to talk about. You know, what was uh what's the the meaning behind the declaration of an ambivert? What was that project all about for you? Try to keep it all together when it pop off I wear my stripes, hit the words, but it's knockoff Get up to par just to have a little drop off Life can treat you like a llama with the top off Roofless, send those down with the socks off So you can lean on me and I hold it down for you Even if you ain't leaning Keep a hundred times for all four seasons So you know I go to mile for you in the process, I ran off all the demons behind me But even so, I know they know where to find me They told me fake it till you make it So I took it to heart And mastered the art of fighting while I'm falling apart Trying to make everybody happy is a miserable life Been trying to make my mama proud Ain't been doing it right Been trying to make it out of college Doing music at night Nobody said it would be easy, but I can't help but Stress, stress. Keep it all in Shake Man, so Um my guys over there at King City, shout out to King City. Um, that's family. That's family over there. Um, they picked me up in around that time, 2019. It's been a minute, so I don't remember. I've been there for about four years now. It's a local label in Sacramento. Um, and so we decided, yeah, we just need to like do a project. And it was my first project under the label. Technically, my first project under that label was the second installment in a series I did. So it was Wilted Right Roses. But, you know, it wasn't a... Um, it wasn't a full in-house production because it was stuff that I had written before I was with them. Um, so that was like my first, like, okay, let me, you know, sit down and, you know, just you know, have Brian, Brian Silva is my engineer, um, you know, sit down and, you know, hear these songs, vet these songs. Um, my guy, Louie, you know, and everybody was really just in the studio helping me out with that project. The Declaration of Ambervert, man, I kind of, at that point um, in my musical career, I know how I wanted to take it serious, but I wasn't, just aware of the work that really needed to get put in in order to do it full time. Um, and in particular, I was always struggling with like my depression, um, you know, my anxiety and my fears of just like stepping into a full time with like the bravado that I had to have on stage with the confidence that you had to have with the music in order for that to fully 
translate. And um, like an ambivert is somebody with introverted and extroverted qualities. And I was forced to be on stage and, and do that because this is what I decided to do. Um, so I just was struggling with like, you know, balancing the fact that, oh, you know, I'd rather be in the house right now, <laughs> you know, chilling, playing video games, or, like writing music or, you know, just being introverted. But um, I had that skill of being extroverted when I needed to, because when I stepped on stage, you know, I commanded the stage. I've always um, prided myself in stage presence and, you know, making a good show for the listeners. And so I leaned into that. Um, and even when I'm outside as Brian Bliss, like, you know, I, I have to be extroverted because, you know, the music game is a networking game. Um, so I lean into that. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's just funny because, you know, nobody sees that, you know, when they um, when when I'm when I step out as Breon, like they see the extrovert and they think, oh, he's you know, he, he knows what he's doing. You know, he's 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 easy around people and whatnot. And little do they um, know, I yeah, have better. no idea. I'm just trying well, shit. You know, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what that project was about. Just explaining and kind of um, getting giving people an inside look uh, in my head. Um, and if you really like look at the uh, content matter for a lot of that, um, it is very like yin yang. There's a lot of like. Um, sad records on there, introspective records, and then there's some like brash and mm-hmm. abrasive re- records on there as well. So, um, and I kind of do flip between, and I play on the duality of my artistry, flipping between the R and B stuff and, and the rap stuff. Um, yes, and it really, and also it was just a stamp of like I'm here and I'm, you know, I'm doing this. Uh, I think this was that was the most involved project to date at that point. Um, you know, I had people come in and help me with the cover art and the, and the art direction for that one. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of just me explaining me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can identify with it because, um, you know, often in life will be put in so many different positions depending on your, your professional sense. If you're one of uh, artists is still doing whatever you have to do to work your nine to five in order to provide, uh, for you and yours. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm a leader at work. I'm, you know, in executive positions, you know what I mean? So I gotta be that confident guy. You know what I mean? But there's times where I go into work and I don't want to be around people. I literally want to be to myself or there's times where I come home and I just want to relax, take a little breather before, you know, I get around the kids. So it's like a lot, a lot of those things. Or sometimes I don't want to meet up with my friends. I don't want to go out for, you know, a drink. And it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with I need to reset, need to recharge and then right. put on that that face to go out and and be, you know, a a a good friend when I'm around my friend or a good leader when I'm around the people that I need to lead and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that's, those are some of the things that I was taking out of there, uh, out of that project. A weekday was a, was a really dope one that I, I found no good. Um, and then of course the intro, the intro Bert, you know what I mean? The play on words. So those are the ones that stood out for me just as I was kind of listening to it and it kept coming back around in my queue. So, um, but, with that said, that was a very good introduction. The rapping and everything was was dope. But then when I get to Midnight Fervor, this EP, man, I'm like, oh, oh, this is uh no no disrespect to what was involved with this one, but I get it. I get it's it. different. <laughs> it's, it's different. I'm like, yo, wait a wait a minute. He he's um he's he's really he's really here. You know what I mean? So Going into this project, what did you want to level up with Midnight Fervor? Like, what what did you want to do different? So that's a good question because I felt like I had a lot to prove at that point. Um, man, I got to think back. So this was in the beginning of 2022. Um, I had stepped away from my label for a little bit, and at that point, um, 
I was ready to come back. And uh, I was also in school at the time. And then I decided I wanted to drop out of school. So beginning of 2022 was really crazy for me because it, it was it was a, it was a deciding factor into how I got here, like in LA at this very point. Um, in 2022, I was like, okay, I'm in school. I hate school. You know, I'm doing something I hate every single day. The themes that I was wrestling with on the Declaration of an Ambervert was still haunting me. Um, so, you know, I want to lean into what I love to do for at least a year. I'm going to give myself a year to pursue this music thing really hard. And if nothing happens, I'll give it up. And that's what I told myself at the beginning of 2022. So I dropped out of school. Um, you know, I started, uh, uh, gathering up, you know, some of the musical homies to really hit hard. Um, and at King city, you know, I was like, okay, it's, it's, it's time to drop a project. I had dropped or I had written a lot of music, um, up until that point. So the, you know, the 2019, I put out Declaration of, of Ambervert. 2020, I'd really caught my stride in terms of my writing. So I felt like personally, that was a really good year for me because all the singles that I dropped in 2020, I felt like were my favorite in my catalog. You know, They Don't Understand, Roland, 80 Proof. Um, like sonically, I'd like heard the my own level up. Um, you know, things started just clicking and making sense for me. Um, and then, you know, we had the pandemic. So, you know, things really slowed down and kind of, you know, threw me off. Um, so I stopped performing as much and really just stopped putting reps in. Um, then we get to 2022 and I said, okay, it's, it's time to stop bullshitting. Um, so yeah, I made that decision. Um, first week of January, I was like, okay, let's get in the studio. Um, we wrote most of, I, we finished Midnight Forever. I finished writing Midnight Forever within the first three weeks. We had already had, which one, which records did we already have out? We had. Um, something was already written. Jezebel was already written and recorded. Um, my favorite one. Out my favorite one off the project. The yeah, Easy. It's a lot of favorites. Um, so we wanted to sonically kind of wrap around Jezebel and make sure like we had a project that, you know, sounded like that and could sequence with, Je- with Jezebel. So um, I wrote those, I wrote the three records that we already have, that we didn't have finished um, because, oh, Jezebel was written and recorded and Righteous was already out, actually. So we put Righteous out in 2020. And um, it didn't do nothing. Like, it got like 300 streams total. And so <laughs> we were like, bro, this is a fire-ass song. Right, like, right, what's right. going what's on? What's happening? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it was another thing for us. It was like, okay, we, I, can, I can repackage this song, you know, with this project and just do another push for it because it was, it was worth the push. Um, so yeah, we had Jezebel Righteous. We had this a sonic direction already. I wrote those three records. You know, literally my producer, Jesse, shout out to Jesse. Man, he was killing it because I walked in. I remember walking in a few days and just hearing He did all five? Him, like, Jesse did all five? He did. Yeah, he did. He did fully, oh. fully produced that whole album. Um, and it's it's crazy because I don't, people don't be giving Jesse flowers. Like, you know, he, you know, we're from Sacramento and a lot of Sacramento artists, you know, they love that, like that, uh, that Bay Area, like slap sound, you know, and he's like, that's his, that's what he does. Um, he's an expert at that, but I wanted to give people an opportunity to um, listen to his R&B side because he does both um, and he does both very well, obviously. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we went in um, and I, in particular, I remember flawless. I remember walking into the studio and he was playing the beat and we have, we have two, uh, two uh, rooms. And so he's in room B and I, I walk into the studio and I hear the beat flawless. I just walk in. I don't say nothing. I just sit down on the couch and he turns around He's like, what's up, bro? And I'm like, what the fuck are you cooking right now? <laughs> you know? Put my head Yo, down. It's flawless. Um, yeah. Go ahead, yeah. man. I'll let you tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
put my head down and in like 20 minutes, the song was done being written. Um, and that was like the quickest, most natural thing, uh, especially for that tape in particular. Um, I usually, t- it, it usually takes me a minute to write, but for that song, it was like, I heard the beat, you know, who's going stupid, sat down, wrote, we were done. Um, Memories and When It's Dark Out took a little bit more because that's a bit more of, it's a bit more nuanced, that song, those songs in particular. Um, but within those three weeks, yeah, we had it done. And so we decided to go ahead and make a plan. We never really made a plan in terms of how we wanted everything to be rolled out. January, it was finished writing. I'll say about March, we're done recording. And I didn't drop until what, what December? Um, because yeah. I didn't want to drop with no audience. Like I was like, okay, I've, I've, at that point, it was a two-year hiatus. You know, 2020 was the last time I put out music. How am I going to bring people back um, and really just listen to this project? Because we didn't want to put this, what we knew was a masterpiece. We didn't want to put it out with nobody listening to it. So I was like, okay, so let me just put it on ice for a minute. Let me start hitting the road. Let me do these shows. Let me get in front of people. So I literally did a show like every weekend um, starting in like the summer um, and all the way until December. Um, and that just got people reacclimated to, you know, my sound. I, I did a lot of um, some some unreleased music as well to get people, you know, used to the the, the evolution that they're going to hear. So by the time the album dropped in my city, for sure, in Sacramento, like people knew what was up. Like, you know, they knew uh, Breon's coming with the heat um, yeah, and it's yeah. going to be fire. I didn't I didn't do anything off of Midnight Forever because I wanted that to just be a surprise, except for Flawless. Flawless did very well live. Um, so I had people excited for that single, the lead single, which, which was going to be Flawless. Um, yeah. And we did two singles before we dropped and they were completely like not related to the album at all. Potion number nine and with the wind and potion number nine is still doing very well. It's it's like my biggest stream song right now on on audio Mac flawless is very quickly catching up though. And, um, with the wind was an alt pop record. Um, I just wanted to get people used to hearing multiple sounds from me. Um, drop those two and then, yeah, we dropped the project and, uh, yeah, it was, it just, it did well. It's definitely my best received work. Um, and it's gotten me into places that, you know, I didn't think I was going to be in so soon, but that's just due to the diligence that we had and, and the focus that we had. And okay, let's make sure this is, this, this gets heard, you know? So. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of the nuances of the music. Sometimes it's to the detriment because you know how, um, you know, as a listener of music, if you make music, you listen to it a lot different. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but when you do hear something that's particularly done well is where I can put this project on and it, you know how a movie, movie just seamlessly keeps moving forward. You don't, there's no hard stop and in, in start to this project. Um, Jesse right. and you, I, I'm not sure. I mean, whatever the team did to collectively like kind of opt to not make these these short records, like every record on here, four minutes, four minutes, 30 seconds, mm. um, three three minutes and 30 seconds is the shortest record. Y'all let the music speak, the transitions right. into the next song. And at times I'm like, oh, shit, am I on another song yet? No, no, I'm still on the same song or I'm on track two. Like I, I could just let it rock out. And that's what I appreciated the most about this one is just like. So many different sound beds, but they all fit together. I could see where it's not a random voice in the sample or, you know, I could like, those are the type of things that I appreciate as a listener. And, uh, you know what I mean? And, and what you guys did there. And it's 22 minutes, five song, five records, like some old school R&B, but new, you know what I mean? And, and it more, more it, it reminded me of, um, and, and, you know, not to say you sound like this guy, nothing like that, but we always do the comparison things to become familiar yeah. with somebody or to say, yo, go check this new artist out. And then you got to give a cosign of who you sound like just so that this person can make that a priority right, right. to listen to fellow music levels. So I send it to my man. I'm like, yo, to me, it feels like like he sounds like black, but he's not black. You know what I mean? Like that. that's what I got from when I first listened to black to where I just... Let the let the joint rock out, and I became a huge fan of his music. He hasn't dropped in a couple of years, but that's the vein that I got first time listening to you. So that's job well done on that, man. Thank you, thank you. I, we definitely prioritized um, the flow of everything. Uh, me and Jesse, me and Jesse knew that we wanted to literally like make a movie. That was the goal of it. We wanted to make this movie. We wanted to make it so you can play it top to back um, and just you know vibe the whole way through. Um, and, you know, we definitely knew that it was going to be more than just, okay, like, let's put five great songs together. Um, you know, we got we to gotta figure out how to stand out and do something different. And that was a very simple way of doing that because not a lot of people pay attention to those details, especially right now, you know, in the music industry where everything is so saturated and everything is like TikTok, bite-sized, small, no attention span. Like, it's, it's kind of going against the grain to make a four-minute song right now. Um, and so shout out to Brian. Brian Silvers is our head engineer for, you know, just trusting us with that. Um, and one, and one trusting us and then two mixing the hell out of it, you know, cause he definitely, you know, it sounds flawless. Yes. Um, so you know, it was definitely a team effort. Um, and, uh, you know, we had Mo in the studio, which is, you know, our, our I'll say our executive assistant, he does a little bit of everything, um, kind of just vetting the records as they go. Um, so yeah, it, it was a big, it was a big team effort. And I think if we didn't make the conscious decision of, like let's let's add those transitions just to make it more cinematic. It wouldn't have the same impact. So I'm definitely glad that we took our time with it because, like I said, the records were done in March, and we didn't like there were some songs that we didn't like add those transitions to or edit until a little bit later, like September. Um, we had multiple masters back for the song, um, multiple mixes back. We probably had seven mixes back for about each song. Um, so you know, those are the things that people don't realize that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, because, you know, once people get the first master, like, oh, you know, it's cool. But, you know, my engineer, in particular, Brian, like, he's a really good ear. So, you know, small things that I wouldn't even think about, like, oh, the low end for Jezebel could hit harder. So let me add, you know, a supercharger to the baseline. You know, like, that's like, that's genius to me because I didn't think of that. <laughs> but right, it right. adds to the song. Um, 
So, you know, those little things and, and all the time that we took to, to be patient with the record and really make it perfect. I feel like that's what really allowed it to float and just kind of, you know, float to the top. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy that you talk about that low end piece. And I know we're going to get in the nerdy piece of this uh, for people, <laughs> you know what I mean? But who cares? Like, oh, I, I can see we're both music lovers, that low end. So when it drops out on um, Jezebel, like that brief, that brief moment, and then it comes back in, in the, in the whip. Sounds phenomenal, you know what I mean? But like that's the right. that's what most people should strive for in terms of sound. And and again, a lot of independent artists like that don't have the uh, you know, the ability to to get, you know, what you got in terms of working with a team like this that believe in you. You know, they're doing it themselves and doing the best that they can. But, you know, when you're wanting to be recognized and wanting to be on equal playing field with people that are in uh, the industry, so to speak, because at some at some point to me, you got to play ball. If you you got to be right. in it, if you want to be right. in it, you know what I mean. And you need to be, you need to sound a certain type of way. And that that's what I kind of came across with. It. it was like, yo, this this is fire. Um, but you know, I want to go back to the beginning. Something you said earlier with kind of picking up, moving, fifteen hundred or nothing. You know, going to the academy. I, I, I'm uh, familiar with that academy. I'm familiar with. Uh, Ran and James Fontleroy, like what they do musically, working with Nipsey and just kind of starting that that school. I uh, forget who, who else was the uh, engineer from uh, TDE, TDE. I'm forgetting his name right now. Uh, mixed by Ali. Mixed by Ali, starting engineers, you know, stuff like yeah. that for engineers to kind of, you know, offer their services and hone their skills at the same time. But, you know, coming off the hills and making Midnight Fervor and going back to school, but for something that you want to do, you know, how was that, how was kind of being in this position with a project of this, this caliber? So, you know, still relatively soon and young in your career, how has that helped you, you know, so far, you know, kind of the learning curve, getting into the courses and stuff like that with those guys? Everything, especially this past year has just been divine timing for me. Um, you know, a lot of the work, like I said, all the work that I had done in 2022 kind of culminated in, into this year. Um, I wasn't planning on going back to school. I told you I dropped out and I was not planning on going back to school at all whatsoever. But, you know, one of my mantras is just be a student. Um, you know, there's something that you can learn from everybody. Um, and, you know, you never know when that opportunity to learn is going to come up. Um, and I am definitely an advocate for education. Um, I worked for a nonprofit called Improve Your Tomorrow for years. Um, and their goal is to get young women of color to and through college. Um, so, you know, I was very uh, well versed in just, you know, what it, that world, that the education world. Um, and I never shied away from education because I know at the end of the day, like you can't ever learn too much. You know, there's not enough time on this earth to learn, um, you know, so I, I want to pack as much as I can in this one life um, before I go for sure. So I found out about the school through one of my favorite artists. Um, her name is Tempest Fire. And uh, she posted to her TikTok. The, like I said, the middle of the 2022. Um, and I was like, bro, this place exists. What the hell? Um, you know, a bunch of my favorite artists go over there. And I just was amazed that I didn't know like such a place existed because, you know, I dropped out of school because that wasn't it for me. Um, but if I knew this type of school was like the perfect type of school for me, like a music school where, you know, all of the, the, the people who are in positions that I want to be in, like where they frequent, I would have, I would have been there. I'd have been there four years ago. You know, if, you know, if at that point, uh, my, my uh, resume would have let me in because you definitely got to get vetted. Uh, but regardless, I was, I felt like it was a perfect time um, in my life to, to, to be shown that. 
um, because I knew that was some, somewhere I wanted to go. So I thought about it, like I say, about like um, September-ish, um, July-ish. And I remember telling my team and I was like, yo, like this place, this is dope. And I'm trying to go. And they're like, whatever, you know, <laughs> all right, all right, bro. <laughs> um, and then, so, you know, I'm just like, right, cool. I'm, I'm going to do my due diligence, applying whatnot. And it was like a six month thing. Cause actually I, I, I hit Jeanette up, which is the, uh, one of the coordinators up, I think it's as far early as, as May. Um, and so, you know, I was just silently kind of plotting on that, that whole time, um, as a, as another, kind of cushion to what I had going on. So I remember getting my acceptance um, and then telling my team, like, what, late, later into the year, a little bit before we dropped. Um, so probably like in December or, uh, or, or a month earlier than that, um, November-ish. And, you know, Brian in particular, he was like, oh, you were serious. <laughs> like, you, you, you really wanted to go. And I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm hella serious. Like, I'm about to go to LA. So um, that, was, uh, that was definitely a moment for me because, you know, coming from South Sac, like, it's it's always hard to expect something out of somebody from those places and you know to to dream as big as as i did um but you know it was it was what i felt like was a natural next move for me so i was very excited to be able to drop something like midnight forever and then go straight into school because that was going to be a um just a tool for me like the the project itself was going to be a tool uh, one a networking tool um and then two um I, I had already felt like I had leveled up, you know, with just everything um, in, t- in regards to my craft, in regards to my approach, in regards to my mentality um, with that project. And then to directly jump to what I felt like was the next level for me, it was divine timing for sure. So it's definitely, you know, helped make one, the move easier because now I don't have to just rely on the school, you know, you know before I even got to the school, because school started on the 31st you know, I was outside, you know, I was, you know, just networking, doing what I could, um, off the strength of that project. And, uh, a lot of people ended up finding me because of that project. So, you know, I'm already in places that I didn't think I was going to be in as soon as I would be, um, because of the project. And, you know, it's, it, the, the project itself hasn't done a million streams or anything like that, but I feel like I've done a very good job of getting it to the right people. And I feel like artists in particular, like that's what they should probably focus on is it's not about be in the right like, rooms. Dude, got to be in the right rooms with the right people. And how do you get that piece, whatever you feel like your, you know, your magnum opus is, how do you get that piece to those people? Um, so that's what I really focused on was the individual relationships with, you know, certain people that I looked up to or that I feel like could help me with my career or give me advice or whatever the case may be that I can learn from. Um, and yeah, they ended up responding well to it. And, you know, so I started getting invited to stuff and, you know, now a project that has probably what, like 2000 streams on Spotify right now. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's gotten me to a place like the 1500, um, because that's, that was something that I submitted in my resume. You know, it's, it's gotten me into, you know, uh, places with artists that I've been watching for a, a long time now. So oh, you know, I get so to write these people now. So the, the music is part of, all right. Yeah. Give us a little bit of insight behind yeah. it for people that may want to, you know, uh, check it out. Because again, if y'all don't know who, who the, the, uh, the founders of, of this, 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 uh, school is like, <laughs> They got they got some heat um, and and some crazy yeah. history in this game with some of your favorite artists. So uh, yeah, what's the vetting right. process like? Um, so we do a there's two rounds of interviews. Um, and honestly, I always tell people like it, it it almost felt like it was too good to be true for me because it was very easy. Um, but that is purely because like I was already doing what the, the work. work you know work. i was already doing work that that i needed to do especially that year in particular so that was a very good year for me to apply um 
you know, for the first, they have you upload basically an EPK, um, it's your musical resume. Um, so, you know, shows that you've done, um, videos and footage from that shows your music. Um, there's a few like, uh, prompts for you to answer about, you know, your experiences and where you plan on going, um, with the music and what you plan on doing. Um, so that, that application gets looked at, I think by Doug, who's the, who's the head of admissions. Um, and then, uh, Doug then schedules an interview with you. Um, so we sit down and uh, via zoom online. Um, and he takes you through a few questions as well. Um, asks you specific questions about what, one, your resume and then two, um, what your future in the industry, is, what you want it to look like. Um, they're very easy for me because like, uh, you know, I literally, I was in LA at the time and I was, you know, I'm from SAC. So I was in LA at the time doing a show um, when I sat down with Doug and so I was like, Oh yeah, my bad. I was, I, w- I was outside on a park bench. So I thought I was going to mess with me. Uh, but it was okay. Cause I was like, yeah, I'm outside doing a show right now. Sorry. You know, but that shows that I was already like, I was in, uh, in yeah, I'm, I'm busy. I'm busy, you know what man. What, what's up? So yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Exactly. Um, so I'm pretty sure that helped. It was a very easy interview, 15 minutes. Um, I don't remember all the questions because I was so excited to be in the interview. I kind of blanked out, you know, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but just basically like, you know, what's your experience? What do you plan on doing? Um, and how can you prove to me like that, you know what you're talking about basically. And um, yeah, so we got into it. Um, after that, uh, Jeanette hit me up and she was like, okay, cool. Let me just send you some of the, the, the application uh, papers. And I'm like, hmm? so I got in, <laughs> like, is yeah, that what that means? You know? Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it's it's just crazy because that's an international course. Uh, there's yeah. people in my class right now that are from, you know, Italy. Uh, there's a dude in there from Malaysia. You know, Canada, um, Egypt. Like, you know, it's 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 a worldwide thing for sure. Um, so you know, just to be in that room um, is already one validating in itself, um, and then two, like that just shows me like how possible it is. You know, because sometimes I literally have James like sitting in front of me. He's, you know, multi, multi Grammy, multi platinum, you know, winning artist, um, and, and the rants and, you know, they rants always brings people through, you know, like first week, first, like three days I ran, like rants was talking to Terrace Martin on the phone. Um, I didn't, I didn't know this cause oh, we were in man. mid conversation he had like pulled off to kind of yeah. do, take a call. And then he was like, I just remember him. He's hella funny. Um, we're, we're mid conversation. I'm talking to rants about something. This is the day before school started. So school hadn't even started yet. Um, I see Rance. So I'm like, Hey, I got to flag him down. Talk to him a little bit. So talk to him. He gets a call, you know, he kind of steps off to the side and I hear him. He's like, Hey, you're going to come, uh, talk to my students tomorrow. He laughs. He's like, ha 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 ha. And then he's like, he turns the phone around. He's like, so you're going to tell this nigga no. And I'm looking at Terrence Martin. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what bro? So, you know, we get that opportunity to talk, chop it up. I'm sure he doesn't remember me, but that's fine. Cause that was right. like, that was a, that was a crazy moment for me. Like the first, before school even started, you know, like this is this is the opportunity that could be there just talking to some of my favorite artists. You know, he brought Jason Maiden through, um, the lead designer for uh, the Fear of God brand. Mm-hmm. He's an alien, you know, like he brought Cosign through, like just a bunch of people that um that are impacting your life in ways that you don't know because you listen to their music and you don't realize that they're they're the people behind that, you know. Right, so right. very validating, very validating for me. Um, and very uh, like when you see the things that you want to be sitting in front of you, it makes it impossible not to chase it, you know? So yeah, there's yeah. something I definitely, uh, that I'm definitely grateful for. And that's what really what the 1500 is about, you know? Yeah. I, I definitely wholeheartedly believe that, uh, with some of my homies, some of my, um, you know, people that I look up to, I never want to be the smartest in the room nor the most accomplished. You know what I mean? I always right. want to have something 
to to you know motivate myself to to get to you know what I mean whether that's just a status thing or or monetary whatever it may be you know that that motivates you know me at the time you know what I mean I definitely always like to be able to level up man so that's that's dope that you got into the school man uh, what are what are some things that you hope to accomplish with while you're in there and, and making your connections is I mean I know this project just came out uh, December 9th of, of last year so you have sometime are you one of those artists that like to work fast and capitalize off of the success of this project or are you just trying to settle into to the school and kind of come out with something you know later on this year i look at everything as an opportunity and i don't have to rush my opportunities because i'm in a place that provides so much and not just being the 1500 but just being in la like being in la um and having the skill of networking that that i do that i do have yeah, it provides a lot of opportunity. So I'm not necessarily in a rush, but I do quickly want to capitalize on those opportunities. So I am, like I said, I am always, you know, outside doing sessions with people and just trying to network horizontally because I feel like a lot of people get wrapped up, especially in LA, they get wrapped up and trying to punch up um, and, you know, just try to reach, you know, the, 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 the A-list level of people, you know, that they feel like they can help them out. But, you know, for me, it's definitely a lot more important to just network horizontally because it's a lot easier to work with your peers um, and, you know, just sharpen your blade that way. So the people in my classes, um, you know, the people, the artists that I look up to that are, you know, closer to my level, um, you know, that's who I'm really focused on working with right now because we can grow, you know, I'm growing still, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not the best artist in the world right now. So I got to make sure that I'm making sure I do my due diligence to get there. Um, and that's a part of that process. But I will say, um, Rance in particular, like he is very, uh, like, go get it, like, go get it right now, you know? And so that's definitely being drilled in me. He's, he's trying to kind of condition everybody to drop their fear um, and just like, go get it, you know? Um, so that's, that's also something that I'm keeping in mind um, as I navigate around here, but I'm, I'm not necessarily in a rush, you know? And I think that's one thing about my, my temperament that I really do enjoy because, you know, I, I, I know that this is going to be a lifelong journey for me. You know, music isn't going to, like it's it's not something that I want to be here for two years and then like dip out. Like it's, it's going to be something that I dedicate my, the rest of my life to. So if I'm going to ask God for something as crazy as, uh, you know, a, a few, few, a couple, a couple plaques, you know, mm-hmm. since that's not something that everybody has. I'm going to have to do the work that not everybody is willing to do. So it's a road less um, travel, so man. Road less travel. Yeah. The road, everybody wants no, it so is- quick. Um, you know, and you know, no, I don't know your manager per se, no, know him, but like I know him off of um, interacting with mm-hmm. him on Twitter. Pretty so- solid dude. Uh, seems like that. That's and great. that's kind of what we're trying to do. He mentions mm-hmm. Nito. He mentions you. Uh, you know, we we have a platform. We, we're not doing astronomical numbers on streams every single week. Mm-hmm. We do all right. You know what I mean? Um, but that's, that's where you're meeting people where they're at and trying to cultivate right. this thing because I feel like Yes, you should want to uh, aspire to be on a breakfast club and get your your music out. But until then, there's a whole lot of Don't Sleep on the Couch podcasts, Hip Hop Gems. There's right. a whole lot of all right. these different type of yeah. platforms of people that's doing the same things and music lovers that necessary. They they rooting for you. They they want to put your get your stuff out there. Um, but we got to network together instead of always, like you said, trying to trying to punch up. You know what I mean? Sometimes I feel like the people on your on not necessarily on your level i hate to put it like that but uh people that's that's working as hard as you the music is more than likely to come out 
<laughs> number one. Mm-hmm. Um, they care yep. a lot more than somebody that's not even going to help you promote it. So you can have a, a easier grassroots level movement in your music with people that that are just maybe on social media that that rock with what you're exactly. doing and seeing your your stuff, being vulnerable, posting that, hey, I'm leaving Sacramento, I'm going to pursue this dream. And now people are following whatever you put out as a result of your dream as you keep them updated. So it's like little small things like that, man, that help go a long way. So I'm glad that you're approaching it that way and, and really uh, putting the quality of the music over the quantity that in this day and age Definitely. people are, you know, it's like a little tug of war, man. Uh, you know, you want to stay in the forefront and not lose people, but you also, every time you come out, I think you want to knock their socks off with, wow. You know what I mean? So, right. I mean, that's, let, let's talk about that real quick um, because that's a big conundrum that, you know, us as artists, like we talk about on social media every single day. Um, my formula so far um, has worked better um, when I sit down and like just craft something that I know is going to cut through the noise because when it cuts through, it's going to cut through for a minute. Like it's not, that's forever going to cut through, you know? Um, I could play, I could play Midnight Fervor, you know, three years from now and I'm sure um, the R&B space will still appreciate, if they haven't heard it, they will still appreciate that, um, you know, over you know, like uh, somebody that's, you know, putting a song out a day and I'm not knocking the song a day, you know, structure, the rush structure. Um, I just feel like it really depends on what type of artist you are. Um, because if you're an artist that, you know, that is in that like uh, groove of, oh, I can write music every single day and I have the resources to put out a song every day and maximize the potential of, of, of that, of putting a song out. Yeah, go ahead and do that. Um, but to me personally, like, it's just, it, I, it's easier for me to sit down for six months, um, make something and then promote that thing for six months, you know? And, and that gives me a little bit of cushion um, to Man. create the next phenomenal body of work and find the people, you know, that can help me um, elevate the next project. Um, so, I mean, it's just kind of been a no brainer for me. I, I don't, there's, there's no reason, especially because like I said earlier, like I'm in this for life, you know, like music yeah. is going to be my career. Um, so I don't need to rush, you know, what's, what's, what I feel like is going to be mine. Um, I certainly don't ever want to get complacent though. So there is a balance, you know, like I don't want to ever go a, a, another year or two year hiatus without dropping music. I don't feel like that really benefits me at all, but you know, I, I feel like I'm in a, a good place right now because writing is getting easier. Um, you know, creating music in general is getting easier because of the people I'm now connected to. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like everything is kind of falling into place because I didn't rush everything. So. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, and, and you know, um, PSA to artists, man, go back to your project two years ago. There may be something that you loved on there that the world hasn't heard yet. Put that video right. out. You know, go go do, right. do do a verse performance. See how it does. If people like that verse, then you know, all right, now it may be time to do an actual video for this. You know what I mean? Do something as simple right. as you did recently uh, a couple of weeks ago or a couple of days ago where you were just, you had the guitar, it was hooked up to... You know, whatever y'all hooked it up to, and you had the mic in the roses, I believe, and you just was going off, just singing on what you felt at the time. You know what I mean? Those spont- mm-hmm. spontaneous moments are where you grab the most fans because, like you said, those type of things, those genuine acts cut through the noise. You know what I mean? And sometimes people just right. haven't heard you. It's a lot. It's a billion artists out here. Like, oh, yeah. If yeah. you don't, if you don't believe in your music, who else? Who fuck else will? Dude. If you don't have millions of song or streams on your song, you still have a lot of opportunity to push that song. And if it's a great song, it doesn't matter how old it is, you know, especially with the advent of uh, a lot of different social media stuff popping up. Like TikTok is blowing songs up that have 
dropped in 1970, you know, mm-hmm. like the Fleetwood Mac joints and, you know, like that, that stuff is very possible. Um, so, you know, just, you got to get creative about how you do it and how you approach it. Um, I've never been uh, one to, to give up on something that I believed in and like in, in life. So why would I do that with my music? You know, I, I see a, a big pattern of, of artists like, you know, they'll drop a song, they'll promote it for two to three weeks and then they just kind of forget about it. And that doesn't serve you, you know, that no. doesn't serve you. And um, it, it, it definitely, you have to have that mindset when you go into it. Like, I don't care if I post this every single day, so, like until somebody hears this. And that's probably not a good strategy, posting your song every single day. You no, have to no. be creative with it. But like, right, right, right. there's, you know, you're going to have to like figure out ways to get it to the new audience. Um, because yeah, like even, even the biggest artists in the world, you know, they have people in their teams that are dedicated to having them heard by more people. So if those artists are, are still willing to push, you know, the projects that are old to them or, or if their teams are still focused on that and they're at the highest stage, like, why would you not as, a, as an independent artist? So that's just kind of logic I, I, I hit it with. On a darker night where all of my will to fight is sacrificed And all of your darkest wishes come to light This shit is so ritualistic, superstitious Now I gotta pour it over open mic Now I gotta exercise a poltergeist Now I gotta fix a heart I didn't break Now I gotta stumble over new mistakes Now I gotta bite my tongue or speak my mind I keep my ground, you paint the sky I trade a lows for risky eyes And didn't know if it'd be worth it Nothing about us ever certain, baby Oh Certainty for you and I You come and see me when it's dark outside When the sun don't shine When the liquor pours When the hopes get high at midnight Under the blanket of the night You come and see me when it's dark outside Ria, man, this it's been a, a really good talk, man. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed the time that we had together, man. And um, anything else that you got, you got coming forward, man. Definitely feel free to reach out. I don't care if it's just, hey, man, this is dropping just as a reminder because it's you know, it's a billion people posting Definitely. stuff all the time, and sometimes the algorithms are just not your friend. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but you know, with that said, man, the rest of twenty twenty three, man. Do your thing, man. Keep making uh, great music. Keep being deliberate about your approach and how you want to reach the the people, man. And I, I man, I, I can see this guy being the limit, man. And definitely being in L.A. Right. with all them, them, you know, I don't know if you're single or not, but, you know, <laughs> with, with all Maybe those... But <laughs> though, you know, you know, yeah. you got a lot of opportunity out there to kind of just really, you know, network and do your thing and, and come up with more Jezebels and memories. And when it's dark right. out, you right. know what I mean? And just live, live life, man, yeah. because if you don't live life, man, the music won't reflect it. So, man, that, that's, that's right. all I got to say, man. Any last words for, uh, you know, our listeners and just people that are a fan of your, your music? Man, I just want to thank you, Cash. I mean, like I am very happy that my music has brought me to people like you. Um, you know, this is what it's all about is, you know, finding people where they're at and, you know, making a connection with those people. And so for me to sit down in front of you and, you know, just have this uh, hour long conversation that I really enjoyed, you know, that wouldn't have happened if I didn't take the uh, the chance and, you know, craft what I felt like was something dope enough for you to relate to. Um Man, for fans of Breon Bliss, there's more to come. There's a lot of music in the ball right now. So I'm just kind of, 
I'm figuring I'm figuring things out just like I did with Midnight Forever. So, you know, y'all will definitely be rewarded. Um, you guys reward me every single day just by sticking around. Um, you know, I feel like uh you guys invested in the stock early. So it'll pay back for sure. You know, you just gotta you gotta stay strapped in <laughs> for real. All right, all thank right, y'all. All right. Thank y'all. Yeah, I can find them on uh, you know, both social media platforms at Breon Bliss is um all together. So s- simple enough for you guys to go find. Go download, go stream, and then go buy Midnight Fervor. Uh, that's that's what you need to do to support artists to keep going. It's great to get the streams. It's great to get the numbers. But what we like a little bit more as artists is, you know, put put a little yeah. something, some change in my pocket so I can continue to, to level like up, to man. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, just you want, know. I just want a sandwich here and there, you know? Some, yeah. some. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So go, go, buy, go buy the project. You know what I mean? If y'all a fan of Don't Sleep on the Couch, Go rock with uh, patreon.com forward slash DSE underscore podcast. You get additional episodes. You get the the mind of cash sometimes when I go off on tangents about music and stuff like that. Some of those things never even make it to uh, normal platforms because it's just me venting to the people that, that I rock with. And definitely I'm appreciative to all our Patreon support and what we do each and every week, man. Um, I love in- interviewing independent artists and just kind of getting it out the mud like that. So this is episode 196. With Breon Bliss, we out. Set the tone. Fresh new year, fresh night get Walk with a bop like I really don't care. I don't care. Blows the shit, scorching them lit. And the plain white sea got a mac in it.